All right, guys. Hello, everybody. We're back at it again. I'm here with Terry, and uh, and my name is Sean Christopher Jenkins. So you guys saw Terry yesterday uh, on my YouTube channel, and we did a video on John 11 of verses 17 through 24. Uh, Terry is a part of Vessels of Victory Ministry. That's his ministry. So you make sure to support him. I'm going to show you guys his YouTube page uh, at the end of our uh, uh, Bible study today. So yesterday, again, we talked about John 11, 24, I mean, 17 to 24. And now we're going to finish off the Sunday school lesson that, uh, the complete Sunday school lesson that we did on Sunday, uh, July 24, 2022. So the rest of the verses is verse 25 to 27 and then verses 38 to 44 of John 11. So let's go ahead and get to it. So I don't, don't want to hold you guys up anymore, but you guys make sure to follow us on our social media platform, subscribe, share this video with other people that you know is going to bless and benefit because it definitely will. All right, so we're going to go ahead and just read all the verses out for you guys. So I'm going to read John uh, again, chapter 11, verse 17 through 27, and then verses 38 through 44. All right, and we're just going to focus on 25 to 27 and 38 to 44. All right, so let's get it. So then when Jesus came, he found that, he had lain in a grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. All right. Verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said unto her, Thou brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? She said unto him, Yeah, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the son of God, which should come into the world. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe it, that thou should see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus has spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, I mean, said unto them, loose him and let him go. All right, guys, let's get to this study. We're about to have some fun. All right. So we're going to start with verse 25 to 27. All right. So Terry, you want to kick it off? Like give a setting or whatever, whatever you feel compelled to do. You know, I, I, I'm just glad that we serve a God that just never leaves us the same. I mean, I love how God will meet us right in our situation, in our circumstance, even in our madness and our chaos. And, our, you know, I mean, many of us, we're just plain crazy. I mean, I know without the Holy Spirit, without without some kind of accountability, 
in my life. I can get crazy. Anybody can get crazy. It doesn't matter whether they're a pastor, a bishop, or uh, whatever kind of label you want to put on somebody. You know, we're not supermen. We, we need Jesus. But what I love about this scripture is, is Jesus meets Martha right where she's at. Meets Mary right where she's at. Meets them right in the situation. Meets them in their, their mentality, their, their messed up thinking. You know, because the worst thing we can do is try to figure it out in our own strength. And, and I love what Jesus says here, because in verse 25, he says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. So what I want to do right now is I want to I want to give you my resume. I want to give you my background. You know, we, we talk about people's resumes and backgrounds like like it's, uh, uh, you know, normal culture nowadays. So so I believe Jesus was this was listing his credentials. He was saying, look here. This is who I am. I am the resurrection. I'm the one who can change your situation. I'm the one who meets you right where you're at. And he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And and I like this word life because it's the Zoe life in the original Greek translation. And Zoe life is is the most powerful life because Zoe life represents eternal life. And And Zoe life produces life after its own kind. So when God created us and he he breathed the, he breathed his pneuma in us which is spirit the soma or the body became a living soul. Mm. And I I love I love how Jesus says, "Look, I am the resurrection, I am the life, I am the source of your life. I'm the source of Lazarus's life. Nobody ceases to live without me saying it's okay." And nobody, nobody's going to die. And, 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 and I filled you with my Holy Spirit. I filled you with my resurrection power. So you're guaranteed you're going to live forever somewhere. Now, where that's going to be is your choice. But, but I love how he met her right where she was at. You know, in, in verse 24, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I want to say this one truth. Don't get so caught up in tomorrow that you can enjoy today. Don't don't get so caught up in in what's going to happen in the eternal heaven that you can't have heaven right here on earth right now. You know, I, so many of us as Christians, we put God in a box. And we say, you know, I know God can do it, but will God do it for me? I know I'm going to be blessed in heaven. I know I'm going to have eternal life. I know things are going to be great on the other side. But can I have it right now? And that's where Martha was saying. Uh, sometimes we reveal who we really are by the things in which we say. And, and, and sometimes uh, and the things in which we say shows others what's really going on inside of us. Can I get an amen? Okay, I'll amen myself. <laughs> but he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Wow. You know. We all know what it's like to be dead. We all know what it's like to live dead. I think the great one of the greatest tragedies in the body of Christ today is people who God has made alive still continue to live as if they were dead. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love how Jesus never ceases to keep messing with us. Yeah. I, I love a God that messes with me. That 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 pushes me, that that uh, that tantalizes me, 
mm. you know, that that smacks me upside the head uh, when I'm getting crazy. Mm. And that continues to be long suffering toward me and be patient with me and build me. And I and, and I want you to know that we've all heard the cliche. One word from God can change your life forever. That's so true. But he met Martha right where she was at. And he said, this is who I am. And this is what I can do. And because I am the life, of the source of all life, I want you to watch how amazing and awesome I am because I'm fixing to resurrect him and give him the very source of life. Can you, man, I'm telling you, I'm about ready to preach. I don't know if people are ready for it. Well, they got to be ready now. They got to strap in. We already ready to go. That's why they're tuning in. But I'm going to go back to verse 25, like where you're at. So in John 11, verse 25, it reads, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So I want to focus on that first part. I am the resurrection and the life. So he is. It didn't say he was. It didn't say he will be. It says he is. So you can experience eternal life right now. You can experience heaven here on earth right now. You can experience life and life more abundantly right now. Like you can experience God's goodness right now. You don't have to wait for eternity and for you to die in the resurrection of the last day. Like Mary said in verse 24, you know, in the last day, I know he'll raise up from there. No, you can rise up now. You can rise up from your circumstances right now. You can be any dead situation you have right now, dead marriage, dead career, uh, dead uh, relationship with your uh, children, dead whatever, whatever you think can't be changed. And it's broken and it's lost and it's hopeless and it's just so much disappointment there. God can resurrect it. Come on, brother. <laughs> hey. In Jesus. I want to tell you, man, that word resurrection. Now, I want you to think about something. We can pause right here for a minute. Okay. And we can pitch our tents right now and camp out here overnight. Uh, church, listen. You got born again. So your life did not begin at birth. Mm. Your life began at death. You see, that, that's what I love. I love spiritual truth because it twists up people's minds. They, they, they can't understand that, that spiritual things are so caught up in the natural. Um, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. So in order for him to be the resurrection church, he had to first die. Resurrection means to come back to life. It means to come back from where you once were. It means that there was a place that you were before and you're not there anymore. It means that he's he's changed the situation from being dead to now becoming alive. But you can't become alive until you're first dead. Hallelujah. You got to be dead before you can come back to life. He said, I am the one that is the resurrection. I'm the one who brings about life mm-hmm. from death. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the whole point. So. Jesus made a great self-revealing statement to Martha, who was grieving at this time. You know, I'm the resurrection of life, right? And this is his fifth of seven I am statements that he made. You know, I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am, uh, I don't know. It was a lot of other stuff, right? So seven of them. And, and I am. What does that come from? God. Like God said, I am to Moses. Like Moses said to God, who should I say is sending me 
to Pharaoh. Like, they're going to ask, who's sending me? Who am I speaking on? Who's behalf am I speaking on? And God said to Moses, tell him, I am sent you. And that's enough right there. Why? Because God is everything. He is every, our source, our life, everything we need in life. That's what God is. If you need love, that's what God is. If you need hope, that's what God is. If you need uh, motivation, that's what God is. Like, God created it all. So obviously he's the source of it all, right? So that's that's yeah. the first thing I want to say. But now I want to focus on eternal life, right? That's what it's talking about. I am the resurrection and the life. And this statement is very uh Jesus is letting people know up front, I am God. Because he said, I am. That's the first thing he said. Then he said, I am the resurrection. So our guarantee of eternal life is in Jesus himself. Because he said, I am the resurrection. You get it? I am the resurrection. So if you want to be resurrected from the dead, if you want to be resurrected in that last day, if you want to be have eternal life and reign in heaven with Jesus, you got to believe that Jesus is who he said, said he is. Like this is Jesus saying who, you know, that he's God. This is Jesus saying what his deity is. It ain't nothing less than that, right? So the resurrection is not just an event. It's a person, you know, eternal life. Amen to that, bro. You know, eternal life is also a person. Yeah. You know, for Jesus declared, I am the life, right? Yes. I'm the resurrection. I'm the source. Right? He's the source, right? So, you know, not only would he arise from death, so not only did Jesus rise from the dead, you know, Jesus would also be the source of, of the resurrection for all who died. And that's yeah. so many scripture verses. First Corinthians 15, I did a Sunday school lesson on that, guys. On my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. I'll make sure to add a tag on the video. It'll be on the, on the right of the video. But uh, anyways, in First Corinthians verse, uh, in First Corinthians fifteen verse twenty and twenty-two to twenty-three, he uh, Paul wrote that Christ has risen from the dead. Because some people in Corinthians were confused, like, and they got Jesus mixed up. Like, got they didn't believe in the resurrection. It was just too impossible to believe, right? And Paul was like, because he rose, you can rise, right? He's you can't without him rising from the dead, you can't rise from the dead. Without him being the resurrection from the dead, you can't rise from the dead. Christ is the first fruits of what's going to happen to all of us, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Adam, because of Adam, all die, right? But because of Christ, all are, all is made alive. So heaven is the complete opposite of what happens here on earth. Everybody is a sinner and struggles with sin because of Adam and Eve. But in paradise, everybody's going to be in experience glory everybody's gonna have a way to the father and a way to heaven because of christ he's the first fruits right so you guys see what i'm saying so the uh another thing i have to say too is like jesus died to save us from eternal death this text is talking about it's not talking about physical death right we talked about that in the last video like jesus told the disciples you know and told the messenger you know uh that lazarus wasn't gonna die but he died but he was saying he wasn't gonna die spiritually you know, he's not going to experience eternal damnation. He's not going to experience eternal punishment. He's not going to experience uh, just separation from God, because that's what that is, eternal death, right? So those who receive Jesus as their Savior might experience physical death. Everybody's going to die. You know, 150,000 people die a day. That is crazy. 150,000 people die a day. That's a lot, right? So, like, you're going to, you can't avoid death. We're all going to die after... Every hundred years, there's a new set of people after every hundred years. So everybody you see now will be gone. You will be gone. No matter how much you try, you're not going to live forever. So he that believes in Jesus physically right now in this life. Let me go to that second part of the verse. 
in verse 25, it says, Jesus said, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So he that believeth in me. So if you believe in Jesus physically right now here on earth, even if you die physically, which you will, everybody will, right? Shall live again eternally. You shall live again eternally. So he that dies physically, if you believe in Jesus, you shall never, you shall never die eternally, right? So Billy Graham once said, you know, born once, die twice, right? Born twice, die once, right? So that just means you got to be born again, right? You got to believe uh, in who Jesus says that he is. And if you believe that he is your resurrection in your life, which he's going to say again to Martha later on, then you shall experience his power. You shall be resurrected from all your circumstances. You shall be resurrected in the light to come. So for those who believe in Jesus, the truth is that physical death may come, but eternal death never will, right? Yeah. So this is a reason to praise God, right? Yeah. So there's so much to say with verse 25, man. Yeah. Like way too much. So you got, you got something you want I to think, say? Yeah, I, think, I think there's also has to come a place where, you know, I, I like what it says here. I am the resurrection and the light. But there's, there, there's a little... Um, semicolon there mm-hmm. in that scripture, and and that semicolon is saying, "Uh oh, I got to do something." Right. Uh oh, I got to do something. So you know this this whole thing with Jesus is about relationship. Uh, it's about dialogue. It's about communication. It's about an interaction and an encounter with a holy God, and. You interact and you you exchange with God as he exchanges with you. He takes away the no good things, the bad things, the things that will hurt you and destroy you and gives you back victory. I said he gives you back victory. I, I, I say it one more time. He gives you victory. And I love this, this semicolon here because it says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then semicolon pops up and says, hold up, hold up. Oh, hold up. I need to give you a checkup from the neck up. There, there's something that you have to do here. And he says, he that believeth in me. Now, I, why is that important? Because I have to get in agreement with who he is. Mm. I have to get in agreement with what he said he can do. I have to get in agreement with what he said I can do through him. Mm. And, and the way that I do that is by believing that Jesus is Lord and that he died on the cross and resurrected the third day. So that when he makes the bold statement in front of multitudes of people and says, I'm the resurrection and the life, that's a bold statement to, to, to tell a bunch of crazy folks in a crowd and say, you know, I'm the resurrection and the life. I mean, how many, you know, we all know what it's like to say something crazy and the crowd just looks at us like we're nuts, right? He said, but he that believes in me and, and here's, here's the revelation church. Let me, let me give it to you. So you don't have to work so hard. He that believeth in me. It, it's not as simple as just believing. It's as simple as knowing. It, it's a knowing. It, it, you will do what you know. You don't necessarily do what you believe. Mm. We, we all believe a lot of different things, but we don't always act on those beliefs that we believe. Right. But when we have a knowing you know, there's just something down deep down inside of us that bears witness with our spirit that what we're hearing is truth. Then, then the whole game changes. It, it's 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 a game changer. You know, when I remember playing video games and 
and and you know and the last man that I had in the game I was real real big back in the 80s on Galaxian and Galaga I love them get asteroids and you'd be trying to dodge all that junk to keep you know to stay alive and then you get down to your last guy and all of a sudden you blow up and it's just game over right. game over you know the devil's saying game over and I'm saying devil you are a liar because I got more quarters in my pocket mm-hmm. and I can play the game again and I, I love how Jesus says hey you got to believe in me. Attack. Listen to me. Sometimes you got to believe God on faith. Sometimes you got to believe God on credit. See, see, you want credit. You want the bank to give you money to buy a car or a house or whatever, but you don't want to give anyone else any credit. So sometimes you got to serve God by faith because your feelings and emotions are all messed up and they try to hinder you from getting in there and getting the promises of God that he promised that you could have. So sometimes you just got to worship God on credit. Sometimes you got to believe God on credit. And sometimes you just got to trust God on credit. Why? Because when I do that, then I give God the license and the ability to intervene in my situation and give me victory. Mm. And and I love how he says, though he were dead, I feel like shouting. Though he were dead, though you were dead, though your situation was hopeless, though you thought it was over, though the screen shot, game over. And God said, no, it's not over. Baby, it's just beginning, man. He's about ready to blow up in your life, man. He's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to just let you sit there and stew in your sorrow and pain. You got to get up and worship him anyway. You got to repent. You got to change your life. You got to start making better choices, baby. Because sometimes you still have to, to suffer the consequences of your past decisions. And the only thing that's going to get you through it is through your surrender to the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you that brings you to your very knees before a holy God so that God has the resources and the ability to blow up in your life. Now, can I get an amen? Amen. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just want people to hear it, man. I want them to understand it. Right. Though he were dead, he met you. He came to you in that place of death and held you in his arms and cried with you and comforted you and whispered in your ear, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know there's somebody out there watching this stream right now. I feel it in my spirit that you're at the end of yourself. There's a part of you that wants to kill yourself. There's a suicide spirit in somebody that's watching this right now. Hold on, baby. Hold on. Hold on. God has heard your prayers. And God knows your name. And God knows who you are. And you're never alone. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't always serve God because we feel good. Church, can you serve him when you're hurting? Can you serve him when you feel like ending it all? Can you serve him anyway? Why is that important, preacher? I'll tell you why. Because it's the very source of your life. It's the very source that's going to keep you holding on and give you strength in your situation. Can I tell you that God is going to meet you right where you're at? 
He said, though he were dead, though he did not have the power that he needed in his own strength, he said, but yet shall he live. So he declared that, listen, listen to what I'm going to tell you. I hear people say I struggle all the time. I used to say it myself. I struggle, struggle, struggle. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Do you have a clue what a struggle is? A struggle is when you're trying to hold on to something that God's trying to take away. There is no struggle in heaven. There is no struggle in Jesus. There is no struggle in the sacrifice of his son on the cross. There is no struggle in that. He took the struggle away. And I can simply just tell you that the easiest way, the best way to live life, I can give you the recipe. You want me to tell you how you can live life happy? It's very, very simple. Surrender. Surrender. Let it all go and let God give you back what he wants you to have because it will be far better than anything you ever had before. And I know because I've seen a move in my life over and over again. And, and I'm going to I'm going to give you the floor here, but I want to say this. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He that walks in my life, he that lives surrendered to my life, to my process in your life, to my will for you, and believes in me, uh, attaches its faith to me, gets in agreement with what I said I can and will do, he will never die. And just, and just to reiterate it, to be sure that, that Martha heard him, he goes, do you believe? So I'm going to ask you, do you believe? You got two fanatics on this live stream tonight. And all we want to do is see the world change for good. I've been a part of the bad. Many of you out there that are hearing me right now, you know my story. You know where I've been 30 years. You know what I came through. You know my background. You know everything about me. And you know my mistakes and my failures. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God is good. In the same way he's resurrecting you, He's resurrecting us because he is no respecter of persons. Right. Amen. Yeah. I want to say, too, going back to verse 25, my last points are, you know, all roads lead back to Jesus. And he's the only one that gives access to the Father. Right. So he literally with him saying any I am statement, but especially I am the resurrection and the life. Right. He's literally saying you can't have life without him. So believe it in Jesus's name. It's the only way to receive eternal life. And then another quote I have for you guys, too. You know, having eternal life is dependent on believing in Jesus Christ as Messiah and believing in Jesus Christ as Lord. Right. So you literally have to put all your faith in him with all your being and all your might. So, like, you're going to behave differently and all that. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But let's go ahead and go to verse 26, you know. And verse 26 of John 11 says, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this. So like whosoever liveth. So if you are alive right now, right, and you believe in Jesus, you won't experience eternal death. You won't experience hell. You won't experience separation from God, right? Because Jesus is the life, right? So a lot of people look at death and they fear it. 
death is the uh, mysterious and the unknowable, you know, all those things. Nobody really knows what comes at, it comes, you know, in the afterlife. And if they say that they do, they're lying to you because they're not God. They don't know, right? They haven't experienced it, right? So that's not the end of the story. This should give believers hope. You know, believers, you shouldn't fear death. See, the world's programmed differently. We're all programmed to die physically. So that's going to happen. And we're all born spiritually dead, right? So it's only when we believe in Christ that we become alive again. This is all scripture verses. You know, it's literally scripture backs up scripture and scripture interprets scripture. You're going to hear it over and over again in every single passage. So I know you guys are hearing it tonight. It's, it's too crazy. So that's not the end of stories, you know, for Jesus is about to show everyone in this text, Mary, Martha, even Lazarus and all the onlookers, the Jews and the Pharisees that came later on, you know, that his power over death is victory over death. So death is at the end, right? It's never the end with God. It's never the end with Jesus, man. So we got to stop thinking like that too. When something doesn't work out, because it's not going to go out sometimes, guys. It's not going to go your way sometimes. And that's okay. But we have a little faith, man. God can use it and do something with it, right? So I want to say that too. And then also, uh, yeah, Martha was, she was professing her faith in yep. verse in, in the next verse with verse 27. But going going back to verse 26, Jesus asked Martha, you know, do you believe this, right? So that's the question for you. You know, Terry just asked that. He asked, do you believe in this? And if you don't believe in this, you're not going to get the benefits of what happens when you believe in this. So you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? So do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life? Do you believe that he's the only way? Do you believe that he's the son of God? Because you can't believe that he's just another prophet. He's just a like everybody else. He was just another great man because he's more than a man. He's God, right? So if you limit God to anything other than what he is, you don't you don't know who he is. So you won't that's not eternal life. You can only accept him in this way. So yeah, Jesus is the only way. If you don't accept Jesus, you're not going to heaven. That's it's that simple. He's the only way, right? So I want to say that. And let's go to verse 27. She said unto him, yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the son of God, which come into the world. She's confirming her faith. When Jesus asked her, you know, believe it thou this. So she revealed a genuine faith in Jesus, that he was the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God. And then, but she still didn't understand, you know, what Jesus was about to do. And that's okay. Sometimes you're not going to understand God's plans. Who does? You're not going to understand why God did things the way that he did in your life. But you still question why some people, why does God allow rape? You know, why does God, God allow my uncle to rape me? Like bad things happen to people in life, right? But God uses it all. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord are called according to his purpose. And then also in the book of John, John wrote, I can't remember what chapter it is, but somewhere it said that uh, Jesus said that, once to some people before, I think it was to the disciples, you know, you may not understand right now what I'm doing, but later on you will. Same thing goes for us, guys. Like Martha didn't understand what Jesus was about to do. She didn't understand really what he was saying. And that's okay. Later on, you will understand it. You will understand it better by and by, man. So true faith is strongest when you need it the most. Did Martha have faith in the, that she was going that Jesus was going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead? Probably not. She, but she didn't, it didn't even cross her mind because four days had passed. Remember? But she did have faith in who Jesus was and what he could do. So you may not think that Jesus can get you out of your situation. You may not think that God can, you may not think that, you may think your situation is hopeless, whatever you're going through. But if you believe in God and his power, what he can do, you have faith in that. 
God can use it and do something with it. All right. So just, that. yeah. All right. So you ready to go to oh man, we're about to go to 38 to 44. I'm gonna go ahead and read all of it and we just go everywhere. <laughs> so that way, you know. All right, so with John 11, verse 38 to 44, let's 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 do like to verse 40. All right. So Jesus said, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave, it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe that thou shouldst see the glory of God. All right, well, that part was crazy. <laughs> Jesus literally <laughs> repeated what he said back to Martha and to the onlookers. Oh, you know, what? I'm just going to say that. You guys see that with verse 40. I'm going to just say it so I have to look at my notes. So Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe that thou shalt see the glory of God. We see that in uh, John 11, at the very beginning of the chapter, I'm not even going to try to read it. But at the very beginning of the chapter, uh, Jesus said the same thing to the messenger and to the disciples. So when the messenger, when Martha and Mary first sent the messenger to Jesus to tell Jesus that his their brother was sick, Lazarus, um, Jesus said, you know, this is done for the glory of God. So God's glory will be revealed, you know, so everybody will know who sent me. Right. Then same thing to the disciples later on in John 11 in the middle. Uh, he said to the disciples, you know, we're going to go there and you're going to see something. So I'm happy that this happened. And, you know, Lazarus is sick and everything, because now you guys are going to understand. So you can believe. Right. So and that's the thing. That's how God works. So, you know, uh, God is just trying to reveal his glory to us in, in life. That's what it is. This is why you go through problems. This is why bad things happen. This is why anything happens in life. So that we can understand how God works, who God is, his love for us, all those things, right? So, uh, yeah, just imagine if life was all perfect, right? If everything was good and nothing ever went wrong in life and everything was just copacetic. Would you ever talk to God? Like, why would you, right? So this is why bad things happen. This is why just, you know, life is orchestrated the way that it is so that we can believe and have faith and depend on God and rely on him like we should. Right. So all right, Terry, and I, I want to bring a balance to that truth right there, because I've heard a lot of people say, you know, they'd say, well, God brought this this upon me to teach me a lesson. God, God allowed me to get cancer so that I could learn something. from. No, God didn't do that to you people. Mm-hmm. Let me let me explain to you. We live in a fallen world. Sin reigns in this world. We're not we're not. We are liberated from the power of sin but sin is still around us and the consequences of sin is still around us we live in a fallen world and bad things happen in life period but what i love about being a christian is jesus said we don't have to do it alone and i'm going to tie off with verse 38 that says jesus therefore again groaning you, you, you know, you can't really just start here. You got to go back a little bit to like right. verse 33. It says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, when he saw their unbelief, when he saw that they were being taken over by their situation, when he saw that they had no faith mm. in him or what he could do in their life, um, 
he began to groan in his spirit. You know, I don't know if you understand this or not, but when you become so grieved in your heart and in your spirit, sometimes you need the Holy Spirit to take over. And Jesus groaned. It says in verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Man, there's something about a groaning in your spirit that brings about power on the inside of you. And then in verse 34, he said, what have you, where, and they said, and where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. We've heard this preached a hundred different ways by many different people. I'm not even going to preach it tonight. I'm just going to say that Jesus was so distraught that I I believe that Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. And I believe that not only was he weeping like we've heard many preachers say over their lack of faith, I believe that he was weeping because they were in pain and they didn't see any way out of it. I believe that Jesus met him right where they were at. And he could see their not only their lack of faith, but their pain and their suffering in their situation. I don't think Jesus liked it. And then he said, then said he, then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. You know, let me tell you something, man. Your tears aren't for everybody to understand, man. Your anguish and sorrow. It's not for everyone else to understand. Your anguish and sorrow and your tears are just for you and God to understand so that God can bring some healing in your life right there where you're at. And I love, like I said a minute ago, that he never quits messing with us because in verse 37, he said some of them could not. Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died. It's like, you know what? We get so caught up. Listen to me. This is a tactic of the devil, man. He'll get you so caught up in looking at what God could have done and didn't do. He'll get you so caught up at thinking things should have been a certain way or should have went a different direction. Make you make you in a place of shame and guilt and regret. That's what the devil does. And He'll get you to the place where you start to question even your own faith in God and God himself. And this is where they were at. They were in a natural state of anguish to where they forgot. They forgot. God himself is standing right there with them in their presence. And they are so blinded by their situation that they didn't even recognize who he was. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, wow. How many of us have been there? How many of us understand that? That we could be so blinded by our situation that we just don't see a way out of it or see that he's there. And I like, I like what he did. He said, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, man, he groaned on behalf of those people. He come to the grave. That word grave right there means place of the dead. And it says he went there to the place of the dead where the people who thought they were actually alive really were not. Mm-hmm. And it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. This was his grave. This was the place that they had laid. Listen, dead things 
go to dead places. Dead things hang around other dead things. Yeah. Dead things hang around dead places. Oh, yeah. Dead places make dead things comfortable. And God's saying, listen, I've set you free from all that mess. I want to rise. I want you to come out of it. And I want you to grow past it. And I want to give you my victory in your life and situation. But you got to get out of the dead places and get away from the dead people. Right. You, you got to be willing to start over again and shake some old things off, shake some old people off and be willing to identify the very things that hinder you from walking in victory and, and, and continue to bind you up each and every day of your life. And you got to shake it loose, baby. Shake it loose. Slap three people in your house and tell them, shake it loose, baby. Shake it loose. Because that's what you got to do. And But I love how Jesus is. He loves you so much that he groans with you. When you lay on your floor, I remember, man, I remember when God was breaking me. And he still continues to break me today. I would literally lay on my floor and cry like a baby, man, when the presence of God would show up. God broke me, and I would just lay on the floor in a fetal position and just cry like a baby. Because there was nothing I could do to change my situation. That groaning in my spirit was the Holy Spirit crying out to my Holy Father in heaven and saying, help me. Help me. I can't do this anymore. Help me. I'm in a desperate place. I'm in a desperate situation. And there's nothing else left but you, God. Help me. And I believe that my father in heaven was weeping with me. For me. Because he loves me. And I love him. And you know why I love him? Because he was with me in the darkest places of my life and never let me go. That's the kind of God that we serve, man. He meets you right where you're at, man. Mm -hmm. He comes to your situation and he wants to change your situation. But can I, ooh, can I preach this right now? Let me tell you this. He can't change your situation until he changes you. Because if he changed your situation without changing you, then you would destroy it once he changed it. So he's got to change you so that when you do get the change, you're able to keep the change. Can you shout amen to that one? Amen. Man, you know, in, in 39, it says, take you away the stone. Yeah, there we go. You know, one of my prayers for the people listening to this to this uh, stream tonight is I pray that God takes away the stone that has blinded you from seeing the glorious power in your life. You know, we fear the dead. We fear the things that are dead. We fear change. We fear the better. We fear the good because we're so content and complacent in the bad. And I'm praying that God will remove the stone that hinders you 
from seeing his glory. Mm -hmm. yes, and it says, sister of him that was dead said unto him, Lord, by the time he thinks he has been dead four days, she just went. It, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. We a bunch of flaky, crazy people. We just went through all this. And you bring up the four days again? <laughs> I, I mean, if I was Jesus, I'd be weeping too. I'd be doing you flaky, crazy people. Right. Haven't you seen what I've done in your life? And yet we go back to him and, and we tell him, but Lord, don't take the stone away. He's still been dead four days. Do you know what the number four really represents? It's the season of the earth. It's the earth season. It represents season, time and season. Four represents time and season. Three represents completion. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, body. It, it represents the, the completion of God. Four represents earth season. It, it means, and five represents, you know, uh, grace. It represents the other side of your situation. But four represents earth season, which means that, you know what? This season is temporal because the earth is temporal. I, I, I made it come to four days because I wanted you to understand that this is not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going to let the situation kill you. It's an earth season. And, and what you do during this season determines how long you have to be in it. It determines how long you got to stay in that season based on what you do while you're there. And what does that mean? That means that so many people will tell you so many things. They get you messed up. The first thing you have to understand is it's not his will for you to be in pain and suffering. The second thing you have to know is that his will for you is victory in life right now. And the third thing you have to understand is he's already made it happen. Mm -hmm. And that it's temporal. Four represents temporal. So he, he waited the four days because he wanted them to see that it's all based on a, a season. That what looks dead isn't really dead. And I know some of you right now are pondering in your heart and you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Let me tell you something. You listen to me. Those things that you prayed for for years and years and years and you think God forgot. He heard it and he's never forgotten it since it came out of the came out of your mouth. Since those words passed through your lips, he heard it and he's doing something about it. I'm gonna declare to you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that God's about ready to do something in your life that's gonna forever change you in a good way. And that he's gonna bring those dreams and those visions and those things that you spent so many nights crying about into your life. So that you can smile again. And God is sitting in heaven right now looking down and he's smiling. Because he's pleased with this word that you're hearing tonight. And he's telling us to tell you that it's coming to the end real soon. 
He's taken away that rock so you can see his, his glory. And I love verse 40 because if you ever had one of those friends that would say something to you and you just kind of ignored them and something happened and they come back in and say, see, I told you. I told you. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate when somebody tells you something and you just kind of blow it off? They come back to you later on and they say, I told you. Don't you hate when people do that? Look at verse 40. He said, Jesus said unto her, didn't I say unto you that if you would believe that you should see the glory of God? God is telling you tonight. See, I told you. I told you I was going to do something in your life. Now watch it happen. Church, what you do right now determines how long you have to be there. Worship him. Praise him. Give him credit. Give him faith on credit. Trust him in your situation. And watch him do something really crazy in your life. Because that's the God we serve. Love, love, love. And love never leaves you the same. It never, we've all been in love with somebody in our life. We've loved them so much that sometimes we couldn't sleep at night. Sometimes we couldn't eat. Sometimes we just couldn't do anything because we love that person so much. Jesus is in love with you. Jesus is in love with you and he's never going to leave you alone. Doesn't matter how much you shake your fist at heaven and tell him whatever, he's never going to leave you alone. And he's speaking in your heart tonight. You shall see the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel like just getting up and out of this chair and start dancing and giggling and, and just boogie-wooing all across the floor in here. Yeah. But, man, he says, you will see the glory of God, man. Sean, I, I really believe that the people in this, in this cast tonight are going to see the glory of God, my brother. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. But it comes with one of my points I had was when we say we believe Jesus Christ can do anything. So we say we God can do anything, right? But Amen. we often doubt He can meet our needs when we need. Yep. And like Martha, Mary, they had a need, and they thought after they thought after four days that need couldn't be met, but they forgot, like you said, who was in front of them. So even mature Christians, baby Christians, I don't care where you are in your spiritual journey. Some people will criticize Martha in this situation saying that her level of faith, man, she could have, she should have more faith, right? We do that a lot of times with people in the Bible, but, the, but then when it comes to us and our situations, we don't pay attention that we're doing, we don't pay attention to what we're doing. We're actually doing the same thing, right? We don't believe the promises that God gives us to reverse our circumstances and our tragic situations, right? Through a miraculous way, just like he's about to do for Martha and Mary, right? We think like, you know, he just won't do it for us. But that's another thing. In this Christian life, we can grow stronger in the Lord as we experience more of his love and power. And this is what was happening. Like Martha, Jesus was about to strengthen Martha and Mary's faith and all the onlookers and, all, and the disciples and Lazarus, just so many people, right? It's about strengthening your faith. And that's the Christian life. God is trying to strengthen your faith. He's trying to exercise your faith. He's trying to show you that you don't have enough faith in him, if anything. I don't think any of us do. I don't care how great your faith is. It's not enough because God will never fail you. Like he may not do what you want him to do at times, but he will never fail you. Right. And so another quote I had was, you know, faith in God must mature to the point of trusting God without hesitation. 
you know, even for the things that seem impossible. So is your faith like that? You know, what do you do when you face adversity? Do you give up? Do you give in? You, you, do you just stay and wallow in that disappointment? Because that's another thing. You know, faith of mercy seed can move a mountain, right? So a lot of us, when, we, when we're facing problems in life, we don't believe either, right? We don't, we, we don't even think to believe, right? We just wallow in our situation, those horrific and terrifying and dark situations. And we need to know that we need to give our burdens, our circumstances, our life even to God. We need to lay it down at the cross, those burdens. Just give it to Jesus, man. And you'll see the glory of God. That's verse 40. You know, Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe it, you know, thou would see the glory of God if you just believe. You know, in the book of John, it says 98 times the word believe. 98 times. That's a lot of times. Like, and then I think seven times in this text today in John 11. Seven times it says the word believe, right? And so even this whole text, Jesus said again, I said it earlier, but I didn't read it. In John 11, verse three through four, uh, it says, therefore his sister said unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. sick." When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified. So Jesus is repeating the same thing back to Mary and Martha, what he said to the messengers and what they already heard. How many times does God do that with you? You don't hear the whole same sermon for thousands of years, and you still don't get the memorandum, right? That's you know, right. The same message, and that's just, that's the, how God works. You know, let me tell you how life works. You're going to keep on repeating the same situations, the same circumstances, just with different people all the time until you learn the lesson. That's how God works. You got to learn the lesson. God, is, it's not like the school system. School system will pass you. There's some people that should have still been in kindergarten today, and they done graduated college. So, so, so the school system will let you pass grades. You really shouldn't pass. They'll let you pass courses. You really shouldn't pass. But we're talking about God. Is God going to let you pass a class or course in life that you, you, won't, you, you don't understand? You, you're failing at. You're flunking. Like we're talking about God. He knows if you understand something, right? And so this is what he's doing with Mary and Martha. He's reminding, the, he's reminding Martha to believe. You know, didn't I tell you to believe? And you, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. You should See that I am the resurrection of life if you believe. You should see God's power to make the dead alive if you believe. So, guys, same thing happen, happens for us. You know, Martha's faith in Jesus was kind of limited in her understanding of how his power works. And that's okay, right? But you shouldn't stay there, right? You should evolve. You should mature, right, in this Christian life. So there's some 80-year-olds still having faith like a baby. When you need to have well, babies have more faith than they do. But you guys get what I'm saying. So I want to go back. To, I didn't get to say anything for verse 38 and 39. So I want to say something with that. I want to talk about the word groaning. Like groaning means to snort with anger, to murmur against, and to feel highly disturbed. So a lot of people don't like seeing Jesus like this. They like seeing Jesus as this perfect, mild, no emotion changing person that's always happy. They don't even show him happy, just calm, right? But Jesus got aggravated too. Jesus got angry too. Jesus has experienced all the emotions that we feel in our spirits. So that goes back to the scripture verses saying that we don't have a high priest that doesn't understand what we are experiencing. Jesus knows how you, how you feel and he knows what you need. And he did it perfectly in this Christian life. When he felt a certain way, he, he, he acted in a way that we need to act, you know, in those situations. What would Jesus do? 
you know, WWJD. What I think that's what it was. But anyways, uh, Jesus is angry at death too. That's what we saw in verse 38. So he was angry at death for the challenge that it gave him as a life giver. I mean, it wasn't really a challenge for him. But you guys get what I'm saying? Like, death is contrary to Jesus's nature. He's life, right? He despises death. He doesn't want he doesn't want us to experience death, but we have to. Because we need to see that miracle, right? To be born again. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah. And then also with 39, I'm going to tear this up. This is my favorite part, right? So in verse 39 in John 11, Jesus said, take away the stone, right? I'm going to stop right there. Take away the stone. Man, I like in the Bible how it, said, how it says we're partakers, we're co-workers with God. You know, we work with God, right? So these people had to move the stone away. Jesus could have did it himself, right? He didn't need other people to do it, right? And that's how God works. I'm going to talk about that later on in because we're going to cover in the other verses. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'll wait. But to hesitate to keep God's word when adversity strikes is human, right? So imagine if they didn't move away the stone. What would have happened? All Jesus wanted them to do is be a partaker in what he was yep. doing. That's it. And that's the same thing for you. If you don't obey God, a sincere believer will obey Jesus's command to open the tomb, you know, so to speak, just like here. So the believer, if they open the tomb, what's going to happen? They're going to see the glory of God. They're going to see the manifestations of God. They're going to see God at work, right? So if you want to, if you're not seeing miracles, you're not seeing God at work in your life, you're not experiencing resurrection power of God in your life through all your circumstances, you're not obeying him. Because when you obey him and you walk according to his word, this is all you're going to see, baby. So like, <laughs> and then there's something else too, you know, with the onlookers, they had to move away the stone. So Jesus was telling them to do it. And in that culture, we see in verse, uh, in John 11, verse 19, we saw that the Jews came to comfort Mary and Martha, right? So many Jews came to comfort Mary and Martha in verse 19 of John 11. So that means in a Jewish culture, we know from the Old Testament, like the book of Numbers in Deuteronomy, God said and commanded us not to touch tombs, not to touch the dead, right? So Jesus told them to touch the tomb, to remove the stone, right? So sometimes, Jesus said this, guys, God himself. So sometimes God breaks tradition. He breaks rituals. He breaks, now. Yeah, he breaks yeah. what we think is right and how we need to operate, like the Pharisees. And so, uh, yeah, what the law thought was unclean, Jesus was showing them, like, man, I'm about to do something different, man. So. Yeah, so much to say with that, but you guys get what I'm saying, man. Just with that alone. Then also us for another setting, I want to say, you know, in normal circumstances, Martha's saying that her brother stink, you know, that's accurate because in this culture, I guess the temperatures and the climate was probably so hot that, you know, his body went to stinking quicker, right? So I want I want to paint that picture. And then also they didn't embalm their dead like uh people in the Middle East do. You know, they didn't do cool stuff like the Egyptians and stuff like that. So instead, they anointed, they anointed the dead bodies. They wrapped it up with uh, strips of cloth and then sprinkled spices between the layers of cloth to the, cover the unpleasant odors. But we all know that's not going to last too long. And then also, I want you guys to see the process of death. Like, it's crazy. I didn't know this. So I, it, this was awesome to see. Because I want you guys to get a visual of what Jesus did. Like, Jesus literally reversed these processes right here. So... Basically, if you guys look at it, just pause the video and read it or Google it, like what happens to your body after you die. And like we see that, you know, the brain activity stops, you know, the temperature of your body goes down. And when the temperature of your body goes down, this is when all the maggots and stuff show up. This is when uh, the 
the uh, bacteria, the decay, everything just comes out, right? And then not only that, you turn green. And this is only after like days, after days, like your organs, man, like it just starts getting eaten by stuff, right? And then you start smelling, like it's a whole process, guys. You guys see this? But I, I barely read it, but I want you guys to like look at that. And you know, it only takes like months for you to become a skeleton, basically. Once you hit 50 degrees, yeah, you have nothing to keep your body intact. And so Jesus, when he rose Lazarus from the dead, he reversed some of these processes, right? So everybody was a witness to these processes happening. How he stunk. This was after days, right? <laughs> so he didn't stink anymore when he came back. I mean, he probably had to take a shower, but you guys get what I'm saying. So I wanted to share that. But you ready to go to the next verses, uh, Terry? Yes, I love it, man. I love what you're saying. And, you know, it's true. Um, and I love what the revelation about the stone, that that's so true. And it's it kind of ties off what we were saying a little earlier. You know, there's a part that we have to play. Mm-hmm. I call it the semicolon. There's a part that we have to, to, you know, to do in this relationship. That's why, you know, and God doesn't always do say, the things the same way every time. Right. You know. It's not done by a recipe. God doesn't work by recipes. You don't, you don't dazzle God into doing something. You don't. There isn't, you know, a one-way process to get God to do something in your life. It's it. God does things the way He wants to do them. The challenge for us as believers is to find out what that process is for us. Right. To find out what that process is for us to get in line with what He's trying to do in our life. You know, mm-hmm. and. I love what you said, Sean, because you're right. We we got to get in there and we got and you know, and and God's not conventional. You know, what man says is wrong doesn't necessarily mean God says it's wrong. Uh, and and I and I and I say that, you know, fully understanding that all authority is ordained by God. I get it. Please don't send me emails challenging that because that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is is that sometimes God will do something outside of your box. Sometimes your tradition is not what God's going to bless in order to get victory in your life. God may have you do something that's totally untraditional to you, to the people you know, to your culture. Why does he do stuff like that? He's not he's not an authority challenging God. What, What he honors authority. But what I want you to see is, is because he wants you to know it was him and nobody else. Mm-hmm. If if he does it the conventional way, you, you may lose faith that it was him. Right. You, sometimes people get more faith in the process than they do the God of the process. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, so being interactive with God in relationship is key to to you walking this thing out because you have to know what God wants you to do. And and I know that some of the questions that may come our way is how do you hear the voice of God and. How do you know God's will? I mean, all these are questions that I, I get asked all the time. And the thing is, though, it's it, like I said earlier, it's a knowing. It, it, it's a knowing in your heart. You know, we're all born with conscience and intuition. We're all we're all born with communion. We're all born with the, the, the longing in our hearts for God. He created us to worship him. He created us for a relationship with him. And we keep trying to fill all those voids with other things that prevent us from finding him. But the thing is, when you're in relationship with him, then you can do the things that he's telling you to do so that you can have the abundant life right now. 
Mm. I don't believe that's what our mission is uh, as as Christians is is to be Christ like, be conformed to His image uh, and His likeness, but also to to experience a good life right now. I want to live happy now. I want to live free now. I want to live healthy now. Right. I want to liberated now. And you know, I go back to talking about that rock. You know. We have to be interacting with God where he tells us, go and take the rock away. You know, if they weren't obedient to what Jesus told them to do, mm. Lazarus may still be where he was. Right. You got to be obedient. Because someone else is depending on your obedience. Mm -hmm. Your destiny hinges on your obedience and the obedience of others. Imagine what we could do in this world if we all just surrendered to the process and became obedient to the word. What God could do in our lives and the lives of the people of this world. I mean, we are in crazy times right now. We need hope now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And that's what Sean and I are trying to birth in you as God births it in us. He said, 40, let this be our, our anthem for tonight. If you will believe, believe in what? Okay, so faith is a power. I call it a catalyst. And what that means is it's sort of like it ignites or it perpetuates whatever you attach it to. So it, it, it's, it's very proactive. It doesn't just exist by itself. It doesn't just sit still. It, faith is something that you put on something and something happens to the thing you attach it to. So when you attach your faith, you want to attach it to something that's going to produce something good in your life. Mm. And he said, if you will believe, believe in what? We want to believe God for a car, for a house, for a good spouse, for money, for our kids to be saved. Whatever it is you're believing God for, that's not what you want to attach your faith to. You want to attach your faith to Jesus on the cross who won the victory so that all the other things that you want and need in your life can happen now that should not be your motivation your motivation is relationship with jesus but what i'm trying to say here is if you shall believe in his son on the cross of calvary resurrected the third day if you will believe and attach your faith to the gospel of jesus christ you shall see the glory of god you shall see the glory of God because he promised to make it happen. He said, if you're going to believe, I want you to believe in the word. I want you to believe in the Holy Spirit. I want you to believe in Jesus and the resurrection power on the third day. Because, Sean, that's where it all starts, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it starting on the third day? Mm -hmm. Meaning that, you know, and, and I'm going to just make this one last point. Is experience. Quit running from experience, man. Quit running from the setbacks. Quit running from the bad days. Quit running from 
all the bad times because you know what? They all produce a, an experience in your life. You have experience that other people don't. That experience, every experience that God allows you to have in your life, whether they're good or whether they're bad, is always going to produce faith. Every bad experience that I've ever had, and I knew God was with me in it, and God brought me through it, only produced me to love him and trust him even more. Because I know him more. You can't love somebody if you don't know them. And you can only love them to the level that you know them. You got to know them to love them, to really love them. Otherwise, it's like so many people's relationship. I love you. As long as you do what I want you to do and, and you're making me happy. That's conditional love, baby. But when you know that person and you become connected to that person, nothing can touch that love, man. Nothing. Nothing. And I just want to encourage you tonight. Make this your anthem tonight. If you'll believe, you'll see. Mm. You believe you'll see. All right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and close it out. 41 and 44. Are you good? I'm good. I'm not last time I was sleeping. I'm good though. You good? All right, yeah. Guys, we're about to tear this up. I'm telling you, this is like the climax. Like we just did the climax. Now we're about to it's about to be crazy. The, you know how roller coaster rides go be crazy at the hey, end. Sean, yeah. you a preacher man, man. <laughs> this is a good part, man. man I'm, I'm sitting back just enjoying listening to you, man. Yeah, same thing, same thing. All right, so we got you can go anywhere you want, Terry, when we read these verses. All right, so all right, so verse 41 of John 11. Uh, and I'm reading verse 41 to 44. So then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. Man, we about to tear this up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I tell you what, man, I just feel like I feel like, you know, we need we really need to continue on with this on the next uh um, okay. I feel like we should because you know I feel like you know I feel like God just really just laying the frosting on the cake right now. We 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 mixed the cake, we we put it in the pan and we cooked it and now we're frosting it. Okay. And uh, I feel like there's a lot more to talk about in these, especially in the next few verses. All right, cool. So I'm gonna end this video then, and then if you want to do another one, let's let's do it. So I really, right, like, I really feel like you know, in my spirit, that um, we should just continue on with this because um, there's so much meat left in here, man. Yeah, there's absolutely. so much and there's so many things that we all need to know and hear mm -hmm. through this word that I believe is gonna really just impact and change some lives, Sean. Yeah, let's do it, Terry. I'm, I'm, I'm on the same way with you. All right, so guys, you already know the drill. Follow all my social media pages. All right, so these are all my social media pages. All right, and then, uh, of course, this is my YouTube. I'm streaming live from it as well. If you really enjoyed this video and you want to see more like it, I mean, this is for a Sunday school lesson that I did and do for my church. So it's, 
this passage, this is what we talked about for Sunday School uh, last Sunday. So that's what we're doing here. So check out my Sunday School playlist to listen to more lessons like this. Also, if you really enjoy John 11 and want to hear more sermons and Bible studies on that, check out my playlist here. I only have two videos, but we're going to be adding to that too. Eventually, you'll see animations on it too. And if you want to see more lessons on Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, check out my playlist on my YouTube channel again, Upload Past Crossroads. And then let's talk about Terry. All right, so Terry, he has social media pages as well. So you guys go ahead and uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel as well. And make sure to click the bell, turn on your turn on the post notification so you get notified anytime he goes live. And then also follow him on Facebook. If you got any questions, you know, just ask, DM us, you know, write in the comment section. I don't care where you do it. Just get in touch with us and uh, just let us know a question you got biblically you want us to do on the Bible. Because me and Terry would tear that up, tear that up and We'll really be able to share everything possible we can with you that God's word has to say about any questions that you have. All right. And this was a lesson I did before we did before on John 11, verse 17 to 24. Make sure to check that out. All right, guys. But thanks again for tuning in. And I think we're going to go live again talking about verses 41 to 44. So make sure to tune into that as well. Share the, share this video with people you know it's going to benefit. And thanks for all your support, guys. You guys are awesome. Especially you, Stephen. I saw you watching on YouTube. I appreciate you, brother. All right. God bless you. God bless everybody.